I mean, what's that football focus doing? Last week they had Brady. This week they got Brady. We're doing it. We're literally doing it differently from everybody else. As a matter of fact, moving forward from this point on, I will not make reference to PFL. Do you not understand that they are that way because you're Joe Flacco? And you just like to discredit things that people deserve credit for. That you can't possibly be expected to defend that. Talk about the game, Sam. So Who cares about what people think about us. Yeah, I like football, I like football season, all the things that go with it. Welcome into the PFF NFL Podcast. Steve Palazzolo back here with Sam Monson. We got a huge Wednesday show. We're going to go through Monday Night Football. We're going to preview Patriots and Falcons. That's Thursday Night Football. We have a legitimate charity update, legit charity update that we're going to get to. And we got your emails. We're going to talk about your emails here on today's show. And I've got the best intro I've had since probably August. Sam, how are you doing today? Look at that. Right back in the groove. Yeah. Just like the Chiefs offense, right? All you need is one and you're right back there. I was very much like the Chiefs. Three weeks, couldn't figure it out. People were throwing some different looks at me and I just couldn't handle it. All Mm. of a sudden... I'm back, baby. Right? You just needed one clean one, and now you're right back where you're supposed to be. So, clean intro. We got all, yeah, it's an exciting Wednesday show, right? Am I becoming one of my favorites? Uh, charity update. Let's get it. Let's get right into that. We, yeah. So, it's, it's officially happening this Friday. Double checking with my catcher again here, just to make sure that 5 p.m. that we're looking at here. Is so, good. really, not only is it happening, which makes it real and therefore kind of exciting, but we're actually, we have a venue. Like a proper venue. Yeah. We're, not, we're not just like going to roll up to a field somewhere and like try and do this before somebody shows up and kicks us out of there. You see the University of Cincinnati, their baseball program is lending us their facilities, Uh-oh. including lights. I have an issue with the catcher. Of course you do. So we got to find a catcher by Friday <laughs> to go to University of Cincinnati. At the very minimum, we should be doing 90% of this thing. Evidently, the... Uh, <laughs> evidently the stretch goal of me as a catcher might be a problem but you see lending us their facilities a little bit after 5 p.m on friday we'll rock up we'll do this thing we'll be recording it there will be some kind of video evidence of this thing on monday i would yeah. assume, assume tyler tyler you're gonna like mic us up during this whole thing if we will i get mic'd up so you can we'll be talking to the talking to the people he'll, as handle, I'm pitching. Yeah. he'll handle the tech don't worry about it so we'll have that um I might have to talk to UC, maybe grab their like backup catcher or something like that mm. if, they're, if they're willing to help. Just yeah. need somebody to gear up for 20 minutes, you know? The only issue here is the, the forecast is calling for a high of 42. Are you ready love, for that? Look, stop. I just, it's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's cold. Right. Deal with it. All right? right. It's like being in the Eastern League. The much more important part of this is that we have somewhere to do this as opposed yeah. to it's going to be a little bit colder than we like. I can't believe they're throwing the lights on for us and everything. Right. It's going to be great. Well, they need to because it's dark enough that it'll be yeah, dark. dark. Now, the one great, the thing I love about Cincinnati, uh, East Coast time, I grew up in New England, also East Coast time, but the sun goes down like an hour later here hmm. than New England, even though it's the same because we're on the other side. We're, we're almost central time. You know what I mean? Right. So the, we'll get, we'll have a little bit of sun, but uh, still probably have to throw the lights on. Yeah. Back in New England, it gets, you know, 430. It's like pitch black. Feels yeah. like midnight. Well, I don't know how much you've been looking outside recently, but... Yeah, but here you get to like 5.15, 5.30. Which is about the time we're going to be doing this, at which point it will be dark. And the summer is great here. You get till 9.15 or so sometimes with sunlight, almost 9.30. It's great. Anyway, we're excited. Thank you to uh, UC, the University of Cincinnati, the Bearcats, who, by the way, they're number five in the recent college football playoff. That is atrocious. Our undefeated Bearcats should be in the top four. They should be in the playoff. And uh, you know what? If they do win out... They might be able to get in there because you have Georgia Bama playing each other. Are you saying that just because they're lending us their facilities? No, 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 no. Okay. No. This is uh, this is from the heart. Bearcat <laughs> should be in the top four here. Go UC. Okay. And we appreciate you letting us use. So anyway, it. we we this will be done, right? This will be this charity drive over and done with, which means we're going to be on to the next one at some point, which means it's your turn to do the forfeit or whatever it is we determine. So <clears throat> keep sending us emails. We've had a bunch of them. NFL podcast singular at pff.com. Uh, went through a whole bunch of them today. There's a couple that, that are worth reading out in terms of ideas. Uh, this one from Jake Peters says, With Sam being Irish, it's safe to say that he's never taken the SATs or ACTs. The idea is that both Sam and Steve pick a charity they want to give money to, and then we both go and take an ACT. And whoever scores higher what? gets to give the money to that charity. Um, can we do something that doesn't take three hours? Plus, we all get to laugh at how bad your scores are. 
Big yeah, la la. My yeah. wife got ten points higher than me on on the SAT. I thought she was lying. Is that one? Of, so in in the UK and Ireland, there's a kind of conventional wisdom that like adults that take retake their driving test like all fail right because you get into bad habits once you've been driving for 20 years you forget all the like official 10 to 2 road position mirror signal all that kind yeah. of crap right nobody does that so everyone that like learns or everyone that goes and takes the test like afresh would immediately fail you would struggle with this it's different over here on the basis that the driving test over here is like a joke and you know a trained chimp could go and do it but is that the same kind of thing with the act that if you went and took it 20 years later, you would score dramatically worse? Oh, absolutely. Because okay. you're fresh out of high school learning, you know, algebra concepts right. and stuff like that. It is, I, yeah, I would struggle, okay. I believe. Um, the other thing is, you know, you can, for your SAT score, I know you can keep retaking it and they take your best verbal and they take your best math score. I only took it once. I was like, I gotta, <laughs> took it my junior year, got a 1250, pretty solid, good solid. So my wife said she got a 1260, but she had to take it a couple times. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, maybe she cheated. Yeah, know? maybe. I had one shot at it, 1250. I was like, good enough. Done. I'd say, you know, I'm not dropping 1500s or anything like that, but, you know, I'm happy with where I was. Okay. But yeah, that would probably be about an 800 nowadays. All right. Uh, next, <clears throat> next idea I wanted to read out just because this guy seems to have an awesome name. Uh, a fan from Norway who's – I'm going to butcher this. There's no way around it. I don't understand how Norwegian syntax works. But uh, Sondra Stormir is what it looks like. Of course. Viking of some description, presumably. Anyway, just throwing out the idea for your next charity event, what about shooting hockey penalties at each other? <clears throat> where you each take five shots or something and maybe some other skating challenges you can try. I can't skate. Hockey is, is so undervalued thing. in the U.S., mainly due to horrible marketing by the NHL since forever, so we'll help two causes at once, charity and the NHL. I can't skate, and maybe that you makes can't it skate better. can't skate at all? I have never been on ice skates. You've literally never been on ice skates. Well, then I have a tremendous advantage because yes, I do. can at least keep upright on ice I've skates. done like rollerblading and roller skating. It's well, that's the same. It's ugly. Oh. I haven't done it in years. Okay. Seems like a bad idea. I, feel, I like the person who suggested we, uh, you try to defend me on 10 straight end zone fades. Yeah. I think I could either, either ice skate or like take a shot with a hockey stick, but not both at the same time. Does that make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I'm not sure that's a great, <laughs> great one or one that's that's going to meet both of our uh, endorsement. But anyway, these are the ideas that are coming in. If you've got a better one, send one in. Yeah, there's got to be Because we're going to need them. There. Don't, nothing that involves me on any sort of, you know, skate. Skate. Skate or blade would be, uh, would be an issue. So. Do you, it does, yeah. We have a heckler, by the way. We have a heckler in the YouTube chat here. Oh, yeah? Patrick Seeley. He came in to just tell us how dumb we are. Huh. Whole system. It's like we don't know that. Our interpretation of the system. Oh, I everything. thought you meant just you and me personally. Yeah. Yeah, Patrick, you know, it's, it's 2021. You're definitely the first person to uh, to trash the PFF grading system and everything. Yeah, so. I mean, look, I'm welcome well, to the party. Well aware of just how dumb we are. Someone also suggested, um, just while we're rambling here, uh, Ron Rivera called our system subjective yeah. in relation to uh, Jamin Davis's grades. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's everything subjective. We, we've made the point that a yard is subjective. Somebody decided we're not going to measure feet. We're going to measure yards in football. That's subjective. Yeah. <clears throat> to a point. <laughs> it's not the way I would have gone to defend that, but uh -oh, I, defend I appreciate. Our, defend the subjectivity yeah. then. Uh, I, what I would say is that, you know, they're kind of scaling back the job that Jamin, does, Jamin Davis is doing themselves. So, yeah, they're subjective. On the other hand, you would appear to agree based off how you're deploying him. So, yeah. I also, you know, every time we've sat down with someone and gone through, here are the positive yeah. grades, here are the negative I mean, look, grades. Show me where we disagree. And it's like, right. Yeah, this is also what's known in the trade as deflection, right? It's like, hey, Jamin Davis is grading like crap at PFF. Well, the PFF I, grades are subjective. I uh, want. Let's focus on this problem yeah. over here rather than the crux of the issue over here, which is that my first-round linebacker is not grading very well. I want to get an NFL job in which I knew, do need to do media interviews just so I can trash PFF because I would do the same thing. Like, oh, you know, your, your linebacker is great and horrible at PFF. Well, those idiots don't know anything. They don't know our play calls. They mm -hmm. don't know what we're doing. We have our own system. I would do the same thing. I mean, you would do everything to protect your players. So... I mean, that's fine. Not a big deal. There's a level of subjectivity, but there's also a strong level of uh, consistency. And there's yeah, also and look, a strong level of grading directly correlating to EPA, which directly correlates to wins. 
when, we've also, when we, you grade well. So. We've been through this a million times before. Like subjectivity is not a dirty word. Subjectivity is actually a good thing to involve into football analysis, right? And by the way, every coach in the league does it at the same time, right? You think there's an objective framework to internal coach grading? You know, this guy, one offensive line coach is like, well, you see what you did here was this particular problem with your hand is, is the issue on this rep. The next guy doesn't have doesn't care about your hand whatsoever, but it's all about the footwork. Like subjectivity is how this league goes around. So simply applying it is not a problem. What is a good thing is that we fold in this subjectivity, are able to add context that's missing from just an objective framework of stats, even if we accept that those were objective, which they're not, as you I think try to make the point with your yard is subjective thing. But like nailed it. You know, so okay. Catch goes for 25 passing yards, right? Objective fact. Only it isn't because somebody determined how far that went. Somebody determined that he went down at the 25 versus the 26 without any real, you know, concrete mathematical objective framework bailing that out, right? So the difference between one official spotting the ball or not is a yard. So that's a really small way subjectivity creeps into all of the objective stats we think. But like drops catch or not right was that a catch or was it a fumble well that that makes it a statistic that you decide is objective yes one reception only like a split second later the ball comes out and you could easily rule out a fumble or an incomplete pass and so objectivity subjectivity like these are all just ways of looking at the game none of them are inherently wrong and as you say the pff's grading has been shown to be one of the most reliable and predictive like data frameworks anywhere. Right. So that's what I would go back to. Does it does it point toward more success? Does good grading lead to success and bad grading lead to more failure? Yes. Uh, is it so is there some level of consistency especially against traditional stats? Yes. And the last thing I'll say as far as the subjectivity goes, you you always hear that so like when you when you sit down with coaches talking and it's like, "Oh, I, I can never ask 72 to make that block." You know, they're always referring to their players by numbers. 72 is not a good player. I I shouldn't have asked him to do that block. That's on me. And it's like, we don't do that. We just say that's 72 missing the block. That's Joe Thomas missing the block, right? So our expectations for the player, so to speak, are actually unbiased. Whereas a lot of times the coach expectations are, uh, you know, are different. Right. That's more than enough of defending ourselves. I know. I just thought we're just, we're here. We're talking. It's an open forum here on Wednesdays. All right. Where do you want to go with this? Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football. Recap. So 49ers, absolute domination of the Rams. Kyle Shanahan uh, seems to have success against the Rams and Sean McVay. Five straight wins. Yeah, that is it. And it doesn't matter where the where the teams have come from, uh, how they've gotten there. Who's better this particular season? Uh, 31 to 10, 49ers over the Rams. Uh, Interesting start to the game, Sam. You've got Matthew Stafford. You've got the first um, uh, game for Odell Beckham. Uh, By the way, have to mention Robert Woods, unfortunate. He's now out for the season, mm-hmm. and that happens right the day that they sign OBJ. Just crazy. We didn't get to see that three-wide receiver system. And the first pass of the game, they get OBJ involved with a little with a little hitch route. Almost like, hey, that's not going to happen. Not on our watch. We're not going to let him, you know, not be a part of our game plan, not be a part of games. Second pass to OBJ, though, forced by Matthew Stafford. A little miscommunication on the route, but Stafford still threw it right up to the safety and that was a bigger sign of things to come. Stafford ends the game with four turnover-worthy plays, uh, two actual interceptions. The second interception that he threw was completely unlucky. It goes through Tyler Higby's hands, throws it into a defender's hands for a pick six. So the 49ers are up 14-0 almost immediately, and they never slowed down. Uh, Niners finished, uh, followed up that first Stafford interception with a, what, 18-play dominant drive. Their offense is starting to click now, and uh, San Francisco at 4-5, and five, in that very, very wide-open NFC uh, has a chance to make that playoff push that we expected from them. Definitely. Um, We have them right now in our PFF power rankings, the projections with a 31% chance of making the playoffs. So they are right there in the thick of it in terms of that last, those last second. That's second behind the Vikings. The Vikings. Vikings are 37%. Um, But it puts them right there in the thick of it in terms of that hunt for those six and seven seeds in the NFC. Um, So, yeah, they, they, that was a big game for them. And, it was really all of their best players played really well. Like Trent Williams has been an absolute just freak this season in terms of left tackle play. Remember, like 
what was it every odd year Trent Williams was like or every three years or something Trent Williams was like the best He's graded left tackle in the NFL highest graded left tackle because I, I do remember this 2013 16 and 20 it's every three 13 16 and 20 so it's every three to four years so yeah <laughs> three, there's a three-year three, difference then there was a four-year difference oh, no. so, so now there'll every, be a five-year difference so 2025 every, every three years except he missed a year oh At, every three years of football three play. years of play okay Except this year. Yeah, of course he's so. So now he's backing it up that. this year with a second consecutive dominant season. So he's the best, the best left, left tackle in football over the last two years. Right. George Kittle comes back, absolute wrecking machine. Debo Samuel is just a complete matchup nightmare for any defense. Jimmy Garoppolo now with his third consecutive good game. Um, and this was, this was like in, on his Super Bowl run, you know, where he was just doing exactly what he was supposed to do, like hitting those spaces over the middle, hitting Debo, George Kittle, like not – doing a whole lot, but just not screwing up the things you're supposed to be doing. So the 49ers, they might be, uh, they might be back, much like Manscaped is back wow. here on the PFF NFL podcast. They just launched new products, including their all-new ultra-premium body wash and a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give yourself or someone who needs it the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and balls. This holiday season, go to manscaped.com and use promo code PFF for 20% off plus free shipping. Come on, stay focused here, Sam. This week, we're giving away multiple Performance Package 4.0s. That's right. Rate and review the PFF NFL podcast right here. Leave your email, and we'll choose winners at the end of the week. Inside that Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the signature Lawnmower 4.0. More on that in a moment, Sam. Uh, This electric trimmer has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to reduce cuts on your nuts or maybe on your bald head because somebody suggested maybe, you know, as you're looking for— A lot of people are suggesting that. Yeah. Hmm. I think we've reached the point now where, you know, I, I, there's no more hair, right? It's time. I can't be the guy that, like, clings onto it forever and there's, like, a haze. Cling a little bit longer. There's, like, a haze in the middle, you know, where you can basically see more scalp than hair. And you're like, ah, oh, come on. Like, just accept it. You're gone. ready to be full. I just think it's, it's probably time. The only reasons I haven't done it so far, I gave you the list yesterday. Yeah. One, I'm too lazy to shave my head, like, every day. All right? There's a reason I grow a beard. It's because I'm too lazy to shave my face every day. So, one, laziness. Two, um, it's really cold when you don't have any hair. Like, even the difference between this, which isn't much hair, and no hair is a lot. And it's about to be winter. You've become be, a beanie guy. I'm going to have to be. And then yeah. you got to, like, that's a pain in the ass. Like, anytime you leave a building, you're like, oh, quick, where's my beanie? But a beanie guy also is beanie guy in the summer, too. So that's, there's dedication no, to be a beanie guy. I'm not doing that. Then you can't be the guy that wears one indoors and guy. stuff. And then three, and this is the, the, this is the one most out of left field. If you shave your head and you actually have like a modicum of hair still there, like, you know, around the sides and the back here, there's still a reasonable amount of coverage. Your hair, your head becomes like a ball of Velcro. So if you try to take off like a t-shirt, it like jams in your head. This is just like, this is a threefold nightmare here. So we're going to have to talk to the people at Manscaped and say, is this, you know, it's, it's pH balanced for your balls, but mm-hmm. will it work on Sam's head? One of those things, right? Right. It's also waterproof, so you could use it in the shower if you're shaving your head. And they also launched their, you know, as, as we said, two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, which has key ingredients that include hydrating, nourishing, conditioning the scalp. So, I mean, you could you throw this on right after you shave your head, the shampoo and conditioner, to condition the scalp. You throw it on after <laughs> And strengthening your hair. Just ignore this part. Strengthens your hair at the same time. Uh, Tis the season to load up on Manscaped products. So get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. It's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use probe, promo code PFF. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Santa would be proud. Your, your suggestion was that once I remove the hair from my head to then use conditioner. Yeah, condition the scalp. If it works on your scalp, my scalp, it's going to work on your scalp too, whether there's hair or not. <laughs> you condition the, the scalp that just got beat up from the... Uh, the uh, ball shaver that you put to your head. <laughs> yeah, I, I, And you could do it out in Lambo if you needed to. You could, in the snow, in the sleet, in the rain. You could shave your head wherever you in need Lambo, to. which is more reasonable than maybe shaving your nuts. Uh, back to Monday <laughs> Night Football. <clears throat> Concerns for the Rams here. Yeah. Matthew Stafford's last two weeks. Uh, well, just the offense in general. It's not just Stafford. I don't think Stafford has been a train wreck. The last couple of weeks, the turnover worthy plays have been bad and untimely. <laughs> um, there were three dropped interceptions by the 49ers the other night. 
there was the pick six again that wasn't his fault but it, it all evened off from like he uh, has, did he put the ball in harm's way he has standpoint. 13 turnover worthy plays and seven of them in the last two games so i'm just saying those have all been bad he has all the rams receivers also had six drops the other night i mean he was he was also not every throw was great he had an absolute dime to van jefferson two dimes actually to van jefferson that were dropped so he has actually made good throws as well so now i'm on the other side kind of like yeah stafford hasn't been great these last couple of weeks but the offense has let him down so the other night, it didn't look like that same really deep offense without Robert Woods, Van Jefferson dropping the ball. OBJ just caught two out of his three targets. The one target, as we mentioned, was a miscommunication and an interception. You're just not getting the same uh, same good vibes coming out of that Rams offense right now. Yeah, and <clears throat> they have a pretty brutal schedule um, the rest of the way. They have, what, fourth hardest schedule in the NFL for the remainder of the season. And this is the time, right, where Stafford typically stops the gravy train after being heralded as somebody fixing it. Jim Bob Cooter, whoever it is, right? Uh, Daryl Bevel has fixed yeah. him, right? There's like a whole, it's at least four or five guys that have fixed Matthew Stafford in the past. And every single time, about halfway through the year, it stops working. And all of a sudden, Stafford goes back to being Stafford. Is that what we're seeing here? Or was this just two bad games? might just be two bad games but it's also a mcveigh thing too remember like there was a stat out there too his offenses ranks and epas and all that stuff in september early in the season the first five four five six weeks of the season they seem to start hot at least they they definitely did in 2018 the remember the narrative in 2018 too <clears throat> jared goff was in year three in year two he had he'd taken a step forward in year three he had taken another step forward the rams offense was cooking they were great they ran into a quarters defense, though. They ran into, uh, I think it was the was it the Lions who started it, Matt Patricia's Lions, yeah. where they started playing quarters, and then the Bears started doing the same thing. The Patriots pulled out. They dusted off that part of the playbook, which they never use, and brought it out in the Super Bowl. So the rest of that 2018 season was, oh, no, it's quarters. What do we do? That was a direct quote from a source close to the situation. Uh, that was, I mean, legitimately, the Rams were not making adjustments you know, offensively. After they started hot, the league countered. And I think we're just at another pivotal point because this also isn't the Jared Goff Rams offense. It's not a run-heavy offense. It's not a boot-action-heavy offense. It's actually a, a Stafford-driven offense. All the Read all the think pieces from the first eight, eight or nine weeks of the season. It's, the, it's a Stafford offense, and mm -hmm. he's, he's manipulating all 11 defenders with his eyes and his shoulder fakes, and he's creating all these open throws, and it's, it's Stafford's baby now. Well, Stafford and McVay are at another pivotal point yeah. where they need to adjust back to what the league's done to them. And this is 100% like where you need Stafford to be Stafford. Otherwise, what's the point? Like there's no point in bringing in Stafford for the monster upgrade over Jared Goff and the first round picks and all those kinds of things for eight games at the start of the year. If the same thing happens anyway, if the league eventually adjusts to it and slows down the offense and Stafford goes back to being Stafford, then what, what did we achieve here? We've got an uh, interesting stat right out here from our guy, Dwayne McFarland. He just tweeted it out and it's PFF passing grade versus disguised coverage, which is simply just the way we track it, it's just safety rotation. Are they right. showing something? You got you got to show safeties with your fists too. It's like this yeah. is open, that's closed. Where you go close to open, that's how you that's how you show safeties. Well, Deshaun Watson certainly did that, and I'm not sure you want to be taking advice from that guy anymore. What did the the safety uh -huh. rotation yeah, thing? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. I forgot how excited people were that he showed safety rotation yeah. with his fists. Um, anyway, Matthew Stafford with a 60 grade, third worst in the NFL. Jared Goff 60, well 60.2. Jared Goff slightly ahead at 60.8. Also not good at the uh, disguised coverage. Um, so perhaps that's... This is Jared Goff here or there? or Just back? this season. Okay. Just this season. So it's Detroit Jared Goff. Detroit Jared Goff, yes. Um, so Stafford third worst in the NFL. Jimmy Garoppolo actually worst. And I think the interesting thing there is the Garoppolo. It's, it's all... McVay is part of the Shanahan tree if you want to throw him on a, you know, some branches here. Similar tree, right? Garoppolo, Similar. Stafford. And, uh, you know, perhaps there's, there's something to that with uh, what the Rams are going through right now. This is like a key moment for the Rams, though, because, yeah. you know, two bad games, all of the talk. Like, people were taking all kinds of victory laps. I finally cracked and took the L on the whole thing, saying that I didn't think it was going to be as good as it's been. All of a sudden, it isn't. Now, again, is that just two bad games, or is this the other shoe dropping? Which is, I think, a big concern for the Rams. 
Yeah, it, it's a pivotal point. It's also, I mean, it was Von Miller's first game as well. So even defensively, they gave up touchdowns on the first three drives, could not stop the 49ers. So it's very, very early. And I know some people made, they made the very direct comparison to the Bucs last year where they got this, they picked up a receiver mid-year, they faced a division rival, it was prime time, they got smoked, right? The Bucs lost 38-3 to last year. I think of all the seasons, this year is the year to not overreact to bad losses because everyone has at least something in there. So you would write off every single team. We talked about that in the PFF NFL Daily today. Ask the question, are there any good teams in the NFL? Is anybody good? Go listen, listen to Daily because we, uh, we tried to figure that out. So I'm not going to overreact to bad losses, but it is a pivotal point. It's back-to-back weeks of this offense, which was absolutely cooking, uh, taking a step back. And then the immediate returns on uh, the, uh, the all-in move here, Vaughn Miller and Odell Beckham that everybody's talking about, the immediate returns were not there. I think from an offensive perspective, to, to me, it's, it, would, it should take more time for OBJ to be acquainted with the offense than maybe Vaughn Miller. Like Vaughn, just go out, beat some blocks, set the edge. There should be more immediate impact there. And we didn't see that either defensively until he was later going up in the against game. George Kittle and Trent Williams. <laughs> if you're going to, that's about as tough as it's going to get for Vaughn Miller. You go in there and go up against two of the most dominant run blockers in the NFL at their respective positions. And you just get wrecked. Ultimate has been deployed, by the way. If you're in Ultimate right now, I'm not. Refresh. Okay. Because it's been deployed. Great. Nobody listening is either. So that's a. No one else has it's it. It's not a great But it has. Uh, update. It's what we do. Sorry. So Niners 31, Rams 10. Niners mm-hmm. moved to four and five, as we mentioned. The second highest probability to win, the, to get to the seventh seed in the NFC, whereas the Rams fall to seven and three. Do you have their schedule handy? You mentioned their uh, difficult schedule. I'll pull it up because they, they do have a rough one here. So it's um, <clears throat> they're on bye right now. They'll come out of the bye and go to Green Bay uh, right after Thanksgiving. Then they have Jacksonville at home. And then they're at Arizona, the Cardinals. They're home against the Seattle Seahawks, of course, who have uh, presumably a the mallet finger will be healed completely by week 15 for Russell Wilson. Then the Rams go to the Vikings in week 16. They go to the Ravens. In week 17, and then they have Kyle Shanahan at home in uh, week 18. Whole new world here. We have 18 weeks again, like it's 1993. Week 18, San Francisco 49ers on January 9th. That's wild card weekend, folks. It's wild card weekend, and we're playing regular season games uh, on January 9th. Other than the Jags game at home, those are all losable games. Yeah. Those are all very difficult games (coughs) for the Rams. They've scored 26 points over these last two weeks. Um, the other piece of this, too, the previous three weeks for the Rams, before this, they beat up on the Giants, before the two losses. They beat up on the Giants. They played a close game against the Lions, which we kind of wrote off as the Dan Campbell Super Bowl. Their Super Bowl, yeah. But either way, it was a close game against the Lions team that they should crush. And then the Texans, they did dominate them. It was pretty much 38 nothing until they gave up some late touchdowns. But I'm just saying, they haven't beaten many good teams outside of the Bucks. So far this season, the Rams, when you look at it at high level. So certainly a pivotal point. We get season. asked, you know, every every week uh, by the social media team. Not every week, a lot of times. Like, uh, if you got a bold prediction, you know, we can yeah. <laughs> we can misrepresent and throw it there in a tweet and get you in trouble. Just <laughs> 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 you like, something you're willing to put your name to that's just going to yeah, get, you know, some, like, some response. We just want some we want some impressions. We want some engagements on and, social media. You mean you always, want me to sound like an idiot out there. And you're always like, damn it. I mean, there's some things I think might happen, but nothing I want to have like my name attached to so that people can pull up the receipts in two months' time. If you really wanted a bold prediction though, what about the Rams not making the playoffs? They are what, seven and two now? Seven and three. Seven and three. That now. would be bold. But in that, if they the Jacksonville game is their win, right? That gets them to eight and three. They could easily lose every one of those other games. Now they probably won't. They'll probably win a couple more of them. But yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't be mind blowing if they only won a couple more. Like does ten does ten wins get you into the playoffs this year? Oh, I think it does just because of that seventh seed. Because the the competition for the seventh seed, as we said, is the five and five Panthers, the four and five right Vikings, Vikings who would uh, pick up one the game four and five Niners. against Minnesota. Right. I mean, Same with the 49ers. If the Rams, so the Rams could get to a point where if they lose to, say, the Packers, right. or they like lose they to Arizona be, or Seattle, 
that the Vikings game in Week 16 and then the Niners game in Week 18 are for right. some late, they would, you know, in late theory, playoff spots. They're potentially dropping games against all of the other teams involved in that playoff chase, right? The Seahawks, the Vikings, and the 49ers. If those three teams beat The Panthers them. have an absolutely brutal schedule, so that's why they, yes. they're lower than the Vikings right now, even though they're half a game up right. in the standings. Uh, but the Vikings also have – I mean, they've got the Packers twice mm-hmm. as well. And even if they split that, I mean, look, that, it's the nature of the NFL right now. And that's why we had yeah, our look, entire we, show today is our, we don't know what's going to happen. Our power rankings has them with an 89% chance of making the playoffs. But that means there's an 11% chance that they don't. So that you would you want to go take that bolt. Get get Kendall. Get Kendall over here and get her your uh, your hot take for social. Yeah, uh, no. Rams won't make the playoffs. No, no. I'm you wanted saying. to do it a couple of weeks ago. That would be really that would have been really very bold. Very bold. <laughs> when they were like, when they had one loss on their on their record, just do it here. We'll do it as a. This will be your one off for today. The Rams have a legit. Again, do it. Let's record it right now. The Rams have make the case. Rams have a legit shot. The uh, the, the Rams have an eleven percent chance of missing the playoffs. They face a lot of tough teams. They'll beat Jacksonville. If they lose to all of the other teams, they'll miss the playoffs. They probably won't. They'll probably win a couple of those games. You know, maybe get to 10 wins. But if they lose against the other three teams in the playoff race, they might just miss the playoffs. Bold. So my bold prediction is that the Rams don't make the playoffs. Maybe. There it is. Perfect. Great social take right there. You need to re-record that. It's just, it's perfect as it is. Got to introduce our new PFF NFL podcast sponsor, the X-Chair. Sam, love my X-Chair at home. Working from home is more important now more than ever before. Still got to fix this uh, this copy so I can read the words in, in a row. Optimize your home office with an X-Chair and our many accessories to enhance your focus, productivity, energy, and comfort. Once you feel the customized support of X-Chair's patented dynamic variable, variable lumbar. That's the, the DVL. The DVL, yes. There's no going back. That's where you get the massage. Uh, well, it's actually the, L, the LMX massage and temperature regulation, which, I, you know, again, my office is really is- cold. So you've gone from having perfectly clean intros and outros, and it appears to have cost you the ad read ability. That's okay. Okay. That's okay. The intro, you know, first it, impression I'm is I'm not sure it's okay crucial. for the, the X-chair people. <clears throat> Don't Are distract you? me. Um, LMX massage and temperature regulation. I'm back here. Watch. Exclusively designed and made for X-chair with versatile comfort and extraordinary design. X-chair fits any space plus i put it together you did with my own two well hands. Done. high performance quality engineering extreme comfort those are all the reasons i love x chair now uh, i actually love waking up getting into my x chair i put the i put the heat on at first and the massage works at like 15 minute intervals you gotta charge it up every now and again so i have it, char- it plugged right into my computer sometimes with the usb but i'll I use the massage feature uh, throughout the day and then i um, kind of addicted to it so uh, I keep that going. <laughs> I have to keep putting it back on for 15-minute intervals. You know, so even when I'm not working, we still, uh, still hang out on the chair sometimes. Far more than I did with my old chair that I trash. So take my advice. Try X-Chair for yourself, risk-free, for 30 days. Go to xchairnflpod.com. That's the letter X, chair, nflpod.com. Or call 1-844-4X-Chair for $100 off your order. 100 bucks off. X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. It's xchairnflpod.com. And if you're watching on YouTube, check out the link in the description. Which hopefully will be clickable now. It wasn't clickable before? Not so much. Do a little copy and paste. Maybe we'll even drop it into the YouTube chat like we did our uh, other promo, NFL Pod, Mm. for 25% off. Those things are ridiculously comfortable, though. Like, genuinely, awesomely comfortable chair. The massage thing, the heating thing, like... This is definitely the first office chair I've ever had that can heat up. Yeah. Uh, Those are, I added some of the accessories too, including the, uh, the headrest. Because uh, sometimes, you know, we're in here early on Monday. We're up late on Sunday, early on Monday. My Mondays start to get a little tired in the afternoon, so I just right back <laughs> against the headrest. To, you know, yeah. get that 3 o'clock catnap in yeah. on my X chair sometimes. <laughs> but I get the headrest for it. It's nice and comfy. So that was Monday Night Football. They're uh, they're everywhere now. You've seen their ads up on the the national I did. games. I started they're all to over notice the place. It, yeah, they they're, look good. They 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 do they do a slick advertisement. It's, it's more. I think you reworded you worded that improperly. Like they're doing ads on some national games now. They're also big time here on the uh, PFF NFL podcast and also on the um, Tailgate Show. Mm. It's us and Tailgate with the X-Chair sponsorship. They seem to love Austin's ad read. He did, he did, you know, X with the arm thing. I think you should try that. Oh, that's how he did it? Yeah, yeah. I should have taken notes from Austin. I know, that's what I'm saying. X-Chair. Do something like that? Sure, yeah. 
Uh-huh. I mean, that got a great reaction out of the booth. Somebody, yeah, somebody's laughing that. in the booth. Yeah. Either at me or with me. I told, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely with you. There's no way they would, they would laugh. Do you have any emails to go through here and then we'll preview Thursday night football? Yeah. Couple. Um, so, so, uh, this one is from Damian Bradbury, who essentially thinks he's figured out what the Baker Mayfield OBJ dynamic is. <clears throat> says, wait for this. I figured it out. Baker Mayfield and the Browns are only good when OBJ is inactive. Doesn't matter which team he's on or if he's even on a team. As long as OBJ is active for somebody somewhere, the Browns will suck. Their only hope at a Super Bowl, outside of injuring him, is to somehow keep Odell in contract negotiations all next season when, we, when he becomes a free agent again. Best wishes, Damien. So it's just inactivity. So it's just, yeah, if he's inactive, they're okay. If he's and active lost, anywhere, they're yeah. in trouble. They've now lost control of that. Correct. Now he's with the Rams, and the Rams have lost Robert Woods, so he's probably going to be active every week. Yeah, that's not good. So Baker and the Browns are in trouble. Uh, and somebody else. It's an uh, unsolvable problem. John Metzinger. I have a theory about the Josh Allen versus Josh Allen game. Uh, perhaps quarterback Josh Allen experienced temporal distortions while in proximity with Edge Josh Allen. In certain sci-fi canons which feature a multiverse, when one character visits an alternate universe that includes another version of himself, he will experience temporal distortions in which his body will periodically glitch. The closer he is to his alternate self, the worse those glitches become and the, the, fewer, and the fewer his body can handle before it just stops working and he dies. Uh, this does not occur if you visit an alternate reality where your alternate <clears throat> self has already died. Also, it's the visiting person who experiences the glitches, not the person who's original to that universe. That is why quarterback Josh Allen seemed to glitch when on the same field as Edge Josh Allen in Jacksonville. I like that. That explains a lot. So if you're the, um, if you're the Patriots, a lot of people have always been like, for years, the, the common line, you know, everyone else is playing checkers, but that Belichick is playing chess. Mm -hmm. You know you're going to face Josh Allen twice a year, one of which is going to be in New England. Yes. At home. Trade for the other Josh Allen. Do you go get the uh, Jaguars Josh Allen? Do you go get him? Maybe. Go make a trade. Uh -huh. Or the Jets. Maybe that solves the Jets' problems for one game a year. <laughs> yeah. Or the Dolphins. The other 16 games, maybe a bigger problem. Speaking of the Dolphins, Joe Flacco getting the start against the Dolphins this week. We'll talk about that tomorrow on the preview show for week 11. Great. Joe Flacco's playing football can't this wait. weekend. I can't wait for your analysis. <laughs> Joe Flacco, a prominent part of the uh, PFF NFL podcast intro. Yes. You're Joe. We get to hear you say, you're Joe Flacco again. We get to hear that like Monday morning. What if, were you thinking? You're Joe Flacco. If he has a bad game, the Jets could own the top three spots in turnover-worthy play rate. This is your dream, right? Yeah. He, just, he needs a couple a couple bit. passes right at linebackers so they mm -hmm. can have the top three. They already have the top two. They could have three straight with uh, Joe Flacco. Yeah. Man, what's uh, what's happening here in the uh But Would you pay attention to the actual podcast that you're doing as opposed to whatever <clears throat> else you can find a way of distracting yourself? St. Patrick in the comments is... Uh, He's getting after it here. St. Patrick? Just Patrick. Oh. I'm just saying. I'm saying Patrick in the comments here is getting after say St. Patrick turning Not up Saint in Patrick. the comments would be quite the, uh, quite the event. Did you have any other, other emails or am I pulling up this Titans one here? Uh, so we can do that one, Where but I want to talk on this, touch on this one a little bit first. Uh, a guy called Jake Jones sent us a very long email, which frankly I'm not going to read out. It's too long and I'm not going to edit it either. But the point he was driving at is one that I've heard a couple of times recently. Um, Baker Mayfield, we, he gets talked about as a system quarterback a lot. He's in that Stefanski system, which has been proven to have, you know, a beneficial effect on a lot of quarterbacks. It is generally seen as a quarterback friendly system. The, you know, play action, rollouts, bootlegs, all those kinds of things essentially, essentially takes a lot off the plate of a quarterback, which is generally seen as a good thing. But I forget who I saw say this the first time. It, I want to say Ryan Clark, but I'm not 100% sure it was him. So apologies if it wasn't, and apologies to the person who I've forgotten said it. But they were saying that what if Baker Mayfield at college essentially was a spread quarterback, right? Drop back, five wide receivers everywhere, like that kind of style. Same with Kyla Murray. What if he's actually in the wrong system right now? What if Baker Mayfield actually would play at his best at the NFL level in a much more wide-open, drop-back, spread-out offense that just requires him to fire the ball, you know, 40 times a game instead of 
running all these play actions and knowing that you get one shot at the uh, the key third down or whatever. Right. Like what what if the actual <clears throat> the quarterback friendly system that we it think is helping him isn't friendly to him is actually trapping him in a system that's completely goes against what he wants to do. So that's a fair point. So <laughs> I, going back to Goff again, I thought about that in in relation to Goff for a few years when you were looking at Jared Goff at Cal. It was it was a legit, legit air raid at a time. This was just before like like there had never been any air raid success right. in the NFL when Jared Goff came in. He was actually one of the first. Of course, Mahomes took it to a whole new level. For years, it was like nobody has ever done the air you know air raid. It's not like Graham Harrell's coming in and tearing up the NFL. Right. You put or, some respect on Graham Harrell. Graham right? Harrell's great. Um, but uh, what was that? B.J. Simons back in the day with under Mike Leach. Like those guys weren't just going to the NFL and dominating. Right. So uh, B.J. Simmons. So Goff, I didn't expect of all the systems, like, oh, yeah, get him in a Shanahan tree McVay system where he's running boot action all the time and play action and, and the whole thing. I wasn't expecting that, but he had some success there. I also don't necessarily know that he needs to go back to, like, the gun and anything quick, twitchy and get, get rid of the ball quickly. But with Baker, I think there could be a case here where – He's um, like if you take a Jared Goff, you've always called him a paint by numbers quarterback, and I think we've seen some evidence of that. You put him in some constraints, let him execute within those constraints, and he can do that to a point. Once you come off out of those constraints, maybe not. One of Baker's, you know, one of the good parts of his game was his ability to just be a natural playmaker and feel and throw on the run and some of these things. So there might be something to that. Not every quarterback system is friendly. You know what I mean? Just because it's historically friendly, I guess. The um, like Garoppolo's kind of the same thing. Like you don't want Jimmy Garoppolo just free wheeling and doing his own thing. But within the constraints of Shanahan's system, he's good. I think Kirk Cousins probably does have elements of that. Maybe Baker is better off. Not so much just a straight spread, but one that does actually put more on his plate, rely on him more, and doesn't make him do less. Actually, says do more. I don't know. It's a, it's a possibility. I'm open to that possibility. It is interesting when you contrast him with Kyler Murray, who is who's the quarterback that kind of gets to run the most air raid-ish offense in the NFL with Kingsbury, right? And all of a sudden, Kyler Murray is having a career year, looks fantastic, has taken that next step, and has had that uh, nice, neat line of consistent development that we want to see from all quarterbacks. It does sort of beg the question of what would Baker Mayfield look like in that offense? Now, the problem is there's only one of those offenses right now, uh, you know, you have to go a significant degree in another direction to find the next kind of most similar offense to that. But it would be interesting to see what Baker would look like in this current Arizona offense. Do you think there's uh, think there's hope for him then in a different in a different world, different environment? I mean, I, I'm not convinced there isn't hope for him in his current environment. Um, I'm just because last year he did have a lot of success, right? I am just interested in in this notion of that stylistically this might not actually be a great fit for him and that you might be best like joe burrow is running an offense right now that maybe baker mayfield is better suited for not saying that you know baker mayfield should replace joe burrow i'm saying that that's the kind of offense that he might actually be better in you know this often sometimes just giving the quarterback all the control and the ability to sort of run the show is actually a good thing like joe burrow was like just give me all the receivers don't leave them in just give me options and I'll find the guy right now. Okay. Every now and again, that's going to result in him taking a hit sometimes, but like there might be something to that. That some quarterbacks are just better suited with as many options as possible. To be fair, like it's not, it's not like that's what he ran at Oklahoma though. They ran a power running system, Baker, uh, Kyler, Jalen hurts, power running system out of the gun at Oklahoma. They were power counter, and then play action off of that and RPOs off of that. And uh, so there were a lot of easy throws. But again, the thing that we liked about him is when there weren't easy throws, he was still making them, right? Right. Um, but there was a lot of help in that system as well at Oklahoma, which is why so many guys grade extremely well. Uh, we'll get into a couple more emails here and then preview Thursday Night Football. But football fans, if you're ready to score some free bets, you can – this week, by betting on any NFL game at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, new customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. That's it. 
$100 in free bets any team scores. When a team scores, you score. Sportsbook isn't yet available in your state. DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. And DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania. Only new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Another great deal from our friends over at DraftKings. All right, let me get to this uh, Titans email here. Mm -hmm. It's from Brandon Slocum. Uh, Hey, guys, Tennessee Titans fan living in Chicago. There are dozens of us, dozens of Titans fans over in Chicago. We wanted to pick our brains on some recent issues surrounding the Titans offense. As the NFL world knows, the dudes, quote-unquote dudes, I don't know who named them that, they're the drivers of the offense, and the inherent flaw is that if you lose one or two of them, you become one-dimensional and lose the ability to generate any offense. Well, Brandon's going to contest that while the offensive production is not there, the depth of the skill positions is what will enable this team to keep winning games. They've beaten teams... Uh, beating the league's best two defenses in consecutive weeks with contributions at key times from players like Jeff Swain, Marcus Johnson, and Nick Westbrook-Akina. Tannehill is 10th, he believes, in uh, positive EPA percentage. I don't know what the official Tannehill EPA rank is. I also say EPA is a team stat. And uh, he is one of the best graded by PFF, so we we have Tannehill graded highly. He actually has the highest or the the, the largest number of incompletions on big-time throws this year. So that's part of Tanhill's grade. He's the number three graded quarterback right now. There you go. Tanhill's number three. So he thinks, uh, Brandon here, thinks that they've proven their ability to overcome. He said, thanks for the opportunity to reach out. And please let your millions of listeners know what you think of the Tennessee Tickle Monsters. That's uh, one of the Titans fans' nicknames for the Tennessee uh, Titans defensive line. Hmm. Tickle Monsters? Is that Not because they just... What I'd go for, but yeah. sure. I don't have any comments on the Tickle Monsters, but... Uh, Interesting email from Brandon, and I, I wanted to talk about the Titans a little bit today, too, because they've got this incredible stat going around that they've used 82 players this year. The NFL record's 84, and we're sitting here in week 11, Yeah, and they're 8-2. and two. Like, there's no reason for the Titans to be this good, and truly an incredible job, what they're doing there. Vrabel and uh, John Robinson, the, the front office, Ryan Tannehill, all of them uh, really keeping it together in Tennessee. Yeah, like the, the, the injuries that they've had and that – that winning streak is just insane. So, okay, you beat Jacksonville, big whoop. Um, but then you beat Buffalo. You beat Kansas City the next week when it could easily have been a come-down game. The next week after that, it's at Indianapolis in a game that effectively wrapped you up the division. Then it's at the Rams. Like, that is at least three consecutive potential letdown games. Then you beat the Saints as well um, without so many of those players. Like, they have been... That, that's such a run of impressive, consecutive, like emotional high games that you almost would have expected them to drop one of those games at least. And they didn't. They won all five of them despite losing players along the way. I do wonder that, you know, we have, we've been pushing this narrative of this offense is like four guys deep. And then once you lose any one of those guys or two of them, you're certainly screwed. Now they've lost Eric Henry. Julio Jones is on IR. They've been without a lot of those guys. You know, were we too low on the depth on the guys that are behind those just because they're not household names and on top of that they lost arthur smith to a head coaching job right. with atlanta their offensive coordinator from last year todd downing comes in and in week one remember uh dr eric was making some jokes that todd downing uh based off their one week metrics was off the charts in you know at not creating open throws and not using play action not using things that you know cheat code type stuff that coaches could do so it all looks bad after one week uh, for the Titans against the against the Cardinals, but since that point, other than the Jets' random loss, they've been incredible. And and yes, they've found a way, despite a depth chart that doesn't make a ton of sense. Right beyond Julio Jones and beyond AJ Brown, it was guys like Westbrook Akina, but those guys have stepped up. Marcus Johnson, those guys right. have stepped but, up. But the one thing I would say is that like none of them have graded well. <laughs> like I think what we're seeing here is hey, without. Um, Without these players, without the dudes, all of the pressure goes on Ryan Tannehill. And actually, Tannehill's still been dealing. Like, yeah. he has had more on his shoulders, and he's been putting the ball where it needs to go, and he's been getting it to these other guys who have been generally making the play when the ball has arrived there. But and by like, the way, I think this is a Tannehill thing, not a, hey, we were really too low on Westbrook Aquina. Like, Tannehill's just putting the ball on whoever it is. 
I want to, so we keep citing the Jets game, but if we go back to that, I believe uh, Tannehill had three big time throws in that game that all fell incomplete because that was the game where their offense was uh, screens to Jeremy McNichols. Like that was their offense. They did not have anybody to throw to. And he, uh, Tannehill, yeah, three big time throws. I think they all ended up incomplete because they had nobody that could catch. Um, I think the Tannehill factor is a huge part of it. His his grading is really interesting over the last three years too because he's ended up right around 90 now for the third straight year. He's at 89.5. He he is less consistent, I would say, than other quarterbacks that are that are up in that range. He has a lot of games like low 60s and high 50s. So he has some some less than stellar games up there, but he has some really good games too. He, so a game grade of 89 or 90, I, I describe this all the time. Those are really, really good games. Now, a season grade is kind of like on a different scale. But when you get into the high 80s and low 90s from a game grade standpoint, Tannehill's got a bunch of those over these last few years. So he does have these games where he is just on fire. That was the Kansas City game this year. That was Seattle when they made their comeback in week two um, when Derrick Henry was a big part of that as well. So I really think it's Tannehill having games like that combined with what Vrabel has done. And I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I think Mike Vrabel – could be in this Mike Tomlin category of like we're just he's just always going to have a good team and even with adversity like you'll find a way to be good and I've seen some people call Tomlin overrated some people think he's properly rated some people think he's great whatever you want to think of Mike Tomlin he's a guy that's lasted a while and won a lot of games and I think Vrabel's kind of setting himself up to be that guy a guy that's going to have a 10-year run whatever in Tennessee and consistently win and you know He's been at the forefront of this Ryan Tannehill career turnaround, which has been really impressive. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we're, we're reaching that point in the season where we're talking about MVPs. We're talking about all kinds of things. And Coach of the Year is another one of those ones. And I know Mike Renner made the point on the Tailgate podcast that Sean Payton should be Coach of the Year. And you can see why, right? Like they've gone through, you lose Jameis Winston, it's Trevor Simeon. All of a sudden, Trevor Simeon is playing like a pretty good quarterback. It seemingly doesn't matter what quarterback Sean Payton has. He looks good with that guy. And that's a really difficult thing to achieve in today's NFL. I mean, I think he's got to start giving Mike Vrabel some serious props for coach of the year. Uh, not just that incredible run of emotional high games to keep that team focused and not have a letdown in that sequence of five games is pretty incredible. But also, like – the volume of injuries and look at some of the guys they're playing on defense they're the corners we expected them to have this year are not there like Caleb Farley goes down injured um Christian Fulton injured like they are starting guys that look to be that would have a massive bullseye on their backs against pretty much any offense in the NFL they're what they've done on defense like they their defense dominated the Rams which had been the best offense in the NFL to that point they won that game to the point where nobody really noticed that their offense had really fallen off without Derrick Henry the job that their defense has done I think you probably have to assume that Mike Vrabel given his background has a huge involvement there uh, particularly when you see him you know running individual drills and that kind of thing right uh like Mike Vrabel probably should deserve some serious coach of the year consideration i would say vrabel if he's going to make his coach of the year case here's how he would do it he would go he would log in as a pff elite user mm -hmm. go to premium stats 2.0 he would probably have already used the nfl pod promo code for 25 percent off which you know any of our astute listeners can can use nfl pod 25 percent off and you go to the defense page for tennessee it's my favorite part no matter how big your computer screen is, you almost certainly have to scroll down to see all the defensive players. Most, most screens will contain every player that's taken a snap on the defensive side of the ball if you go to one of the team pages. But for the Titans, you got to scroll down. And there's, uh, there's so many of them. There's 20 players that have had at least 100 snaps this season for the Titans, and we're only 10 weeks into the season. So, yeah, it is an incredible job. The other thing that I would say when you're – throwing credit out there. Kevin Byard with a 90.8 coverage grade. Amani Hooker is up there too in his five games. Um, but Kevin Byard having a 90.8 coverage grade when they've had all this turnover at corner and at safety and everywhere around him, Byard has been the consistent uh, force back there with five picks, five pass breakups, and uh, making a ton of plays. I think he deserves a legitimate defensive player of the year uh, consideration because it's not yeah. just interceptions. It's like the entire body of work, the grade, and him being a part of this defense that's used 
uh, something like 40, 40 players or so. 39. 39 players. The Atlanta defense has used 26. Just for perspective. Yeah. The Titans almost have that many players with 100 snaps each <laughs> on this, uh, you know, so far this season. So, yeah, very impressed with what the Titans are doing. Usually, yeah. Um, so, just the one last thing, though. It does, like, <laughs> it does feel at some point that they're due some kind of comeback or, you know, loss. Because or- everybody is. Yeah, but just, again, like, how many times can you keep doing that? And there are signs that the offense isn't what it was when Derrick Henry was there, obviously, right? Understandably. The last two weeks, they, their offense has not been great. Right. Um, and, again, like, how many times can you maintain that kind of laser focus and emotional high? This week's against Houston. Wouldn't shock me out of the world if Houston beat them. Really? Yeah. Because think about it, after right? After all of this, after all they've been through, they're going to lay an egg against Houston? But that's exactly why, right? Because you've gone on this five-game run of incredibly tough opponents. The week after Houston is at New England, which is a pretty key game um, for everybody involved. But in the middle there is the Houston Texans. And you're like, it's the Texans. Who cares? Yeah. You don't need to worry about them. They don't even now, have a quarterback. <clears throat> the Titans have the easiest schedule remaining, in right. part because on that schedule is the Texans twice. The Jaguars, the Dolphins. There are tough games in, in, in any of those games. They're division games, and you don't know what's going to happen week to week. Jags defense is starting to come around, Sam. You know, Urban, Urban has said they're close. I feel like we're close. I think what he said is, I refuse to believe that we're not close. Oh, that's like, that's, that's a Steve line right there. Yeah. That's a lot of words. It's a lot of words to say, yeah, maybe we're almost close. Uh, but, you know, they get the, the game at New England. At Pittsburgh is going to be tough, and 49ers game can be tough. Any of those games can be tough, but on paper, yeah. We're talking about the Titans team that just went through the gauntlet and now has, uh, on paper, one of the easiest schedules here. So, get to Thursday Night Football? Mm-hmm. Well, Super Bowl rematch here. New England Patriots and the Atlanta Falcons. Who's trying to break in here? Is that Austin? Yeah, it's Austin. Come on in, Austin. Man, has no respect yeah, for... Uh... It's a Wednesday show. It's laid back. Yeah, we're live. We just... <laughs> you have something? <laughs> Do you want yeah, to, yeah. yeah, yeah. You want to talk? <laughs> We're the most professional podcast that we have here. So if you want to just. You just shouldn't roll in. Like I've broken into their podcast before. I asked, I was That's like, true. I have a question for you guys. I remember. Yeah. Did that. And they, they answered my question. I appreciate those guys over at the tailgate. Um, Patriots and Falcons. Patriots favored by a touchdown. Has that changed in the last uh, 24 hours? But Patriots riding a lot of hype. Falcons uh, losing all the hype. That I that me and some others gave them. I'm out on the Falcons. Never bet on the, the Falcons again. Oh, huh. yeah. Well, I them. told you that you have to. You can't bet on the Falcons. It's just silly. You know they'll punish you. It's a rookie mistake, and you should know better by now. Don't do it ever. Falcons are four and five. They're uh, in the mix, Sam. In the hunt. In the hunt. Sorry, in the hunt in the NFC. Uh, Patriots are six and four. Their hype is through the roof. It is amazing how uh, a few weeks of football completely changes perception. New England went from. You know, it's two and four, sky is falling, they can't beat any good teams, to now beating the Chargers, dominating the Browns, scored over 50 points one time, scored 45 another time. Mac Jones got the rookie of the year hype going strong, and uh, he is looking good. He has continued to improve, and this offense is humming with a good run game, good passing attack. They're figuring out how to use some of these new playmakers, Kendrick Bourne and Hunter Henry and everything. So a lot of good things happening in New England right now. Yeah, Cordero Patterson is probably out from this game and therefore i'm out on this game i'm just sad i, I want to see cordell definitely out no but he's they're calling him a game time decision and the the medical experts out there are like high ankle sprain like it's it, he's probably not playing what does he have high ankle yeah. he said oh high, ankle, high like ankle three to four weeks man yeah so That's they're like Kyle honestly said. it's kind of a miracle that they're even giving him any kind of practice time which you know is an encouraging sign but the chances of him playing are probably pretty slim yeah, that is pretty sad and if you take him out of that offense right like bill belichick's gonna like quadruple team kyle pitts and nobody i was else gonna say gonna it play. needs to be a kyle pitts takeover game but he's not remember a single coverage what was that game was it tony gonzalez where they played the chiefs once and he was legitimately triple teamed with like three guys yeah at, on all time antonio all gates has gotten that yeah it's before. like he's essentially lining up saying i do not fear a single other human on your offense i'm going to take you out with three guys that's what they're going to do to kyle yeah. pitts he's the only weapon at that point it's really when you say bill belichick takes away what you do best it's really code for bill belichick puts 20 guys on your tight end he wants no if you have a good tight end he will make sure that that guy is not getting any 
I kind of wanted to see Gronk play against the Patriots just to see, just to see how he handled Gronk. Because anytime a team has an elite tight end, it is, you know, give me a linebacker, give me a safety and another safety over the top just to be safe. So, yeah, we'll probably see a lot of that with Kyle Pitts. Yeah, which feels like a bummer because, like, who else is going to beat you on Atlanta? Russell Gage. Russell Gage? He's good. He's, he's a high-end three. Okay. It's a high-end number three. And you think that's going to be enough? It's going to be tough. I mean, it, honestly, it's going to come down to this, like, Matt Ryan roller coaster that we've been experiencing. We talked about the Tannehill factor and what a high what a high-end game looks like in high 80s and into the 90s is a really high-end PFF game grade. And Matt Ryan has two games over 90 and a game over 83 and a game over 84. So those really – this was him last year, wasn't it, man? So this was like the Rivers thing last year too. So Matt Ryan has four PFF game grades between 83 and 92. Those are really, really high-end games. Then – his other five games are 65 or below. He does not have a game grade between 65 and 83 this season. So for Matt Ryan, it is legitimately all boom or bust. And I'm pretty sure, did they lose to Carolina? Yeah. Lost to the, they beat the Giants, right? When he had a 52 grade. Did they beat the Giants? Just look at the games. And they lost to Dallas. Every time he's played poorly, they've pretty much lost. Lost to Carolina. I think they pulled lost off the Dallas, Giants game. Lost to Washington. Lost to Tampa Bay. Lost to Philly. Beat the Giants, beat the Jets, beat Miami. So they're one in five in these beat the one and four in these terrible games that that Matt Ryan has played. I mean, the only games that they've won are terrible teams in the Saints. Yes. And uh in the Saints game, you know, Matt Ryan played great. That was his one of his better games of the year. So and it's also, this you know, critically, <laughs> the Saints don't have any quarterbacks. True. So it uh it really comes down to uh, what Matt Ryan's gonna do. Of course he's in a dome, so mm. that could help. Because uh, let's see, three of those big four, uh, those four games are, have been in domes. Three of what now? Three of those big, highly graded games have all come in domes. The yes. other one was at Miami, but not the wins. Uh, it wasn't at Miami. Was that in uh, London? Ooh, did they play in London, Atlanta, in Miami? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I'm getting like everything Atlanta, Jackson. In which case, Miami. none of those. The only win is, that's that's in a dome is the Saints one. Yeah, they beat the Jets. Oh, sorry, at yeah, at home. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Jets, and they so lost. Jets. They ended up losing to Washington. So his highest graded game, they actually lost to yeah. Washington. So the Jets win at anybody. home, and the Saints win on the road. So good, we just figured the, this all out. The only dome games. Oh yeah. yeah, it was really smooth. My initial point stands here. This is remember remember Philip Rivers last year. He didn't have any average games. Yes, he was either good or really horrible bad. or good, and uh, it's kind of been Matt Ryan so far this season from a, from a grading standpoint and statistical standpoint. The stats have backed this up as well. So I, I think he's just going to have to have a spectacular effort against the Patriots defense that's been really good over these last few weeks. And Mac Jones getting all the hype this week for the New England, one of our highest graded quarterbacks last week, highest graded over the last few weeks among uh, across the, the entire NFL, hasn't been missing throws. It's just like his biggest – He's, he's making big-time throws. He's not putting the ball in harm's way like he was a little bit early in the season, and he just doesn't miss for the most part other than like the Chargers game. That was like the only game where he kind of had some accuracy problems, but even then he was there was more good than bad. So Mac Jones playing really good football against the Falcons defense that, again, I think they're a little better than they were last year, but we're setting really low expectations here <laughs> for a Falcons defense. Yeah, like their defense is pretty bad. Mac Jones, I think, has one turnover with the play in like the last five weeks. Uh, yeah. And he's been adding some good play to his uh, good throws to his play as well. Um, so I think the Patriots offense should roll. They've also been getting that offensive line healthy and back to business again. And they will just steamroll Atlanta's defensive front. So New England is going to put up some points. And that means you're essentially relying on Matt Ryan having an amazing game in a dome with nobody to throw to, which feels thin and kyle pitts with three guys on him yes throw two with kyle pitts with three guys on him which again feels thin i just don't really see how the falcons can keep pace here yeah atlanta's got the fifth worst coverage grade in the nfl and then the other the other part that has um really hurt everything that matt ryan can accomplish here later in his career falcons with the fifth worst pass blocking grade we saw that a lot micah parsons Dominating Caleb McGarry as a pass rusher last week. The Falcons offensive line, if you go back to what they were in 2016 in the Super Bowl year and then in 17, has just slowly gotten worse. And 
despite some investment there with the, with the McGarry in the first round, multiple first round picks a couple of years back, just have not been good from a pass blocking standpoint the last couple of years. So there's a lot of on paper advantages here for the Patriots. And then every couple of weeks, the Falcons just kind of like, yeah, they're in every other week type of type of team right now. They're bad against the Panthers a few weeks back, good against the Saints, bad against the Cowboys. They've been in every other. So it's just, is it just this inconsistency that ends up showing up in a positive way on Thursday night here? Short week, they're at home. Uh, you know, maybe they can, maybe they end up making it into a pretty good game. Um, last week at this time, we never would have expected the Dolphins to beat the Ravens the way they did. It's it's a crazy NFL season. As soon as team get teams get these uh, get hyped up like New England is right now, they get brought back down to earth. So you're kind of banking on the the trends of the league, maybe if you're looking at Atlanta here. But uh, but I'm out on the Falcons doing yeah. that. I'm I'm out. I'm taking the Patriots in this one. I would have been much more intrigued if they had if they have. I guess it's still not determined. Cordero Patterson, and you could have at least two different threats to. to <clears throat> contend with right if you put three guys on kyle pitts all of a sudden cordero patterson can beat you whether on the ground or through the air but if he's not playing it's just it's matt ryan trying to fit the ball to kyle pitts with triple coverage or russell gage trying to win the game for you and that just doesn't feel like a likely scenario just some perspective on cordero patterson season 93.4 highest graded running back in the nfl yeah and uh He's, he's truly playing running back wide receiver hybrid. Yep. 93 receiving grade, 90 overall grade, but 3.22 yards per route. Now, that is a massive number for a receiver. And yes, he's playing some receiver, but he's also playing enough running back that that number should come to, you know, should not be that high. 3.22 is like, it's higher than Julio. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. 3.22 would lead the league in at all positions most years. Right. And, uh, He's caught 87% of his targets, 39 for 45. So that's the crazy thing, too, because throughout the rest of his career, um, there's been a lot of screens and, and underneath stuff, and you have some of that this year as well. But when you do line him up as a true wide receiver, that number should be tiny. <laughs> that number's not, you know, he's, he doesn't separate that well against man coverage or anything like that. So that number is huge. And then, oh, by the way, as a running back, um, also doing a pretty good job running the ball. Uh, so Patterson has been a massive weapon, huge weapon for the Falcons this year. And he won't be playing. Probably. Probably. So you taking the Pats in this one? Yeah. Pretty clear. I think I won last week, by the way, in our picks. Oh, yeah? I got to tally that up okay. before we reset the document. But I think I, I think I had the early lead. <laughs> Anything else to touch on here? It's good no, show. I think we're good. Uh, just, you know, remind people of the usual things. Uh, NFL pod is our promo code for 25% off any PFF subscription, which works. Um, you know, if you're buying PFF for somebody in the holiday season. Oh yeah. It's a good, good time to gift. Yeah. Gift dad, a PFF subscription, whatever. Or uh, also email us, um, NFL podcast, singular at PFF.com. Anything really, but we also are going to need new charity suggestions. So both charities that we can donate to and also, uh, what we can do, like what the next thing is. We're about to, I'm about to face Steve, pitching Steve for 10 pitches as a batter, and then I'm done. Let's do more than 10. Let's just go. I'm a, we'll go for like 30, man. We'll, well, we need some like warm-up pitches first, but then like 10 I always official. have to warm up. Yeah, yeah, but then like 10. So I'm going to need some, you know, warm-up swings as well. Sure. But then we'll have like a line where it's like, you know, right now, 10 official ones. Yeah. We'll do a couple at-bats. We do like a whole inning of at-bats. We have a whole. We, see how the arm holds up, but we could, we could do some stuff. <laughs> Uh, there's the promo code if you're, if you're watching on YouTube. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up as well. That helps us uh, continue to grow. Tell your friends. Um, little programming note. Next week, we'll just have two shows with Thanksgiving. So we'll have a review show on Monday. Preview show will happen on Wednesday. So as always, we always do this on Thanksgiving. You get your preview show a day early. So we'll have even less idea who's injured than, than normal. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll, we'll be talking about, oh, yeah, this guy's definitely going to be playing here on Wednesday and come Sunday like that. Perfect. Got like a broken Excellent. leg or something. So. Um, anyway, thanks to everybody for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow previewing all of the Week 11 action here on the PFF NFL Podcast. How's that outro? That's beautiful.